0: Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas. And if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Now we are glad you are here. We're glad, we're happy that you've
1: joined us yes we and we can't see you so don't make mistakes but but we're glad that you're here we can sense your presence even through the podcast we
0: can we can and we know what you're doing no we don't we don't know what you're doing (laughs) that just got further than i expected but okay we're we're not omniscient we can smell you (laughs) whoa but god is omniscient um hey if you're still with us congrats thank you yeah thanks for showing grace good perseverance and endurance We're going to try to make it better from this point forward. Here we go. Here we go. Second Chronicles 26 through 28 and uh, John chapter 17. Just a small John 17.
1: Another four-hour podcast coming your way.
0: Another one. Here we go. Um, Yeah. So I've got a title for you, and uh, the title is Right Out of the Bat. Here we go. Right out of the gate. Right off the bat. Off the bat. Out of the gate. Bats and Gates. Let's do this. Is is the title Bats and Gates? It's not. It's not. But it's about Uzziah, and the title is Another One Bites the Dust. Oh. (laughs) And here's why. Dun, dun. Yep, there you go here's another earworm for you. We talked about take my breath away. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to one of our former podcasts and you will hear us talk about any one of them, Berlin, any one of the and former podcasts. take my breath away. Uh, no, the queen of Sheba. Yeah. Her breath <laughs> being taken away. Uh, but this one's another one bites the dust because here you have another king who starts out so well. Ugh, uh, Uzziah is just going well. He it says in verse four, he did what it was right in the eyes of the Lord. According to all that his father Amaziah had done, he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who in instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Hmm. This is not the Zechariah that that was killed, executed a a chapter or two ago. This is a a different Zechariah. That would be impressive if it were him. If it were, but it's not. It's not. But maybe they were thinking, hey, is this during his childhood? No, this is a different Zechariah. Good call. Um, But you'll notice what happens. He seeks the Lord, and then in the the following verses of 6 through 10 there, it says, number one, verse seven, God helped him. Okay, Mm. because he was seeking the Lord. Number two, it says God made his fame spread in verse 8. Number three, also in verse 8, it says that he became very strong. So again, we see that God is blessing a king, a Judean king, because he was seeking after him and Mm. doing what was right. God makes his fame spread. God uh, helps him. God makes him very strong. These are all things that God is doing because Uzziah was was seeking the Lord. But but this isn't a but god situation no this is a a a but oh man but yeah yeah verse 16 but when he was strong and Uh, stop me if you've heard this one before he grew proud to his destruction no uzziah right
1: no come on
0: again comfort produces complacency which leads to compromise Oof. write that one down and it's 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 just it's so frustrating because he's doing so well, and God is doing so many good things in his life and in his, his his kingdom there. And yet he grows pride, and it says there he was unfaithful to the Lord his God and enters the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Mm. You may think, well, why is that a big deal? Well, because there were two different offices. There were three different offices, uh, priest, prophet, and king. But the here... Specifically, we're looking at the roles and the offices of priest and king, and those two were separate and distinct offices. Uzziah was not a priest. He was a king. So he was not to go in before the altar and to burn incense. That wasn't for him to do. And that's why Azariah the priest goes in after him with 80 priests. Notice he's got 80 he came people. stacked. Like he ain't messing around. And it says they were men of valor. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, it's not for you, king, to do this. But for the priest, the sons of Aaron who were consecrated, uh, so then Uzziah gets angry, and he held a a censer in his hand to burn incense, and and God strikes him with leprosy in the the process of this. And Uzziah lives out the rest of his life as a a leper as a result of his Mm. sinfulness here. Mm. But Uzziah gets comfortable, complacent, and compromises and disobeys God's plan. He was doing something as the king of Israel that he wasn't supposed to do, as the king of Judah, that he was not supposed to do. He was king, not priest.
1: Yeah, that concept of unauthorized worship continues to bring itself up back through the, the, the book of Second Chronicles. You'll notice that the one of the repeated themes is that God cares a lot about his worship. He cares about the purity of it. He he cares about it being done the correct way through the correct people who are consecrated to worship him. And so, in this little vignette that we see here in Uzziah's life, he was largely a successful king. He ended poorly because he failed to honor the Lord the way he was supposed to. I love verse 5. He starts off so well. He set himself. So, it wasn't just like, I accidentally sought the Lord. No, it was, a deliberate, it was a deliberate approach on his part. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah. So, Christian, where are you today? How are you doing with this? Are, are you setting yourself to seek the Lord, are you, or are you growing complacent? Are you getting slow and sluggish? Maybe this is a good call for you to re-up your commitment to him, because he's committed to you. Don't let it be that you fall prey to the, the call of pride as the Lord makes you successful
0: in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, after the end of Uzziah, you have uh, Jotham. And Jotham reigns, and his treatment is short. Chapter 27 is nine verses. It's not a whole lot given to Jotham, and yet there's something significant that's said in verse 6. Jotham became mighty because he, to the point of what you were just talking about, Pastor Rod, he ordered his ways before the Lord is God. Yep. Again, intentionality. This doesn't just happen on accident, but he was intentional about this. And as a result, he was a good king. He reigned well. And there's not much to say about him. The, the chronicler doesn't provide a lot there, but it's a a respite, a breath of fresh air before we get to chapter 28.
1: Yeah, why is it so short? I agree with you. As I was reading chapter 27, I'm thinking, oh, this is so refreshing. Thank you for the reprieve. Like, he doesn't die in ignominy. He doesn't have some kind of major catastrophe or, you know, there's nothing crazy about his life. Why was this chapter so short? I don't know. Thank you for that very rich and theological answer. <laughs> All of my questions have evaporated. Hey,
0: now, <laughs> I, I think it, it, we've seen this before with, with Chronicles, right? We've seen where uh, there's there's other accounts that are given in other areas. And part of it, too, is we don't have all of the the information that was written about these guys that they had at this time. There hmm. were other accounts. There were other sources that weren't scriptural that contained broader aspects of it. And God didn't want a broader treatment given for what he was doing at this time. And part of it, too, is just for us to remember, in a, in essence, yes, there was an agenda here, or a, I, I guess I should say a, a motive here to encourage the post-exilic people of Israel, but this was also, this is the history of the nation. Mm. And if there wasn't anything overly remarkable, remarkable about what happened during his reign, the chronicler didn't include it in there.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like that saying that goes... Uh God tells us all that we need to know, but not all that we want to know. And maybe part of the point here is that you don't need to live a long life or an illustrious life to have a faithful life. So wherever Mm -hmm. you are, Mm -hmm. bloom and be faithful to the Lord. Plod and do good works and and let God handle your reputation. And, And to your point in one of your sermons recently, your name.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking so of a name that, that doesn't go well, Ahaz, in that chapter mm, twenty-eight. Do you have a title for this? One? I do. You ready? Oh, you ready for yes, it? Because Ahaz sounds like another name that we've talked about. Uh-oh. Is so this? my title is Ahaz or Ahab.
1: Oh, I, I you've had better titles, but <laughs> better
0: titles. But it's there. It's there. But the connection is there. And I, they're, they're both bad dudes. Yeah. In fact, we read that right off the bat in verse one. He did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and as his father David had done, but he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. Like,
1: why though? Why Ahaz? Like, right. what, what do you, what, why? Right. What's the gain?
0: And he's a bad dude. He makes metal images for the Baals, and he makes offerings in the valley of the son oh, of Hinnom.
1: This one. This oh. is the most painful.
0: Burned his sons as an offering.
1: This, I, I, I highlighted it red yeah. because it makes my blood boil.
0: Mine's red too. Oh. Like pink, but. Yeah,
1: well, yours is definitely pink it's far more feminine
0: <laughs> but here's what would happen if if you don't have the picture in i remember seeing this site uh, that is mentioned here the valley of Hinnom in israel when we we got to go there a few years ago they, they would have a, a statue and the statue is obviously not there anymore but it was a bronze statue mm-hmm. and they put him in a basically a, a, a massive fire pit and the fire would be lit until the bronze statue
1: do you want to give uh, maybe a, dis- a discretionary note here if there's children listening Maybe they don't want to hear this part. It's probably wise, yeah. Yeah, Parents, if your kids are listening, and by the way, they should. That's a great idea. But maybe they don't want to hear this part. Right. This is for parents.
0: This is for parents. Adults. So we'll give you a minute. Not Not a literal minute, though. Not a literal minute. Because we don't have that kind of time. Just a couple seconds. Okay, Okay. one Mississippi. And now we're done. Done. Uh, But the the statue was in the middle of the fire pit, and they would heat this bronze statue until it was literally glowing red Mm -hmm. from the the fire. And then the, the... the person making the the offering would take their child and place the child alive in the (sighs) glowing red hands of this bronze statue and the child would literally burn to death that's what was happening here and it it it, it makes your blood boil Um, it makes you angry with that righteous indignation the same way i think today as we look at the the slaughter of the unborn through abortion Mm. It just it's it's one of those situations that it you you see it and you say this is the fallenness and brokenness and wickedness of men. Yeah. And this is Ahaz. This is the king of Judah. This is the one of the the, the Davidic line here that is reigning right now. And just an evil, wicked person. And that the the hyperbole in, in essence here in verse four, when it says he sacrificed and made offerings on the high places and the hills and under every green tree, he's just flaunting it. And so God punishes him. Judah is defeated. Uh, Verse 5 and and on. Therefore, God gave him into the hand of the king of Syria, given into the hand of the king of Israel as well, who struck him with great force. Uh, Drop down to verse 16. Ahaz is not learning his lesson still. He goes to Assyria now for help. Uh, For the Edomites had invaded again, and the Philistines are there. And then verse 19. The Lord humbled Judah uh, Judah of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he had made Judah sinfully, act sinfully, and been very unfaithful to the Lord. So Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, comes against him and afflicts him instead of strengthening him. Everything is backfiring him, and yet what does Ahaz do? He piles on, verse 22. In his time of distress, he becomes more faithless to the Lord. This is a wicked, wicked, wicked man. Mm-hmm. Um, altars in every corner of Jerusalem, verse 24. In every city of Judah, he made high places. I'm reminded of the, the verse that came across in one of the, the sermons I preached recently. Let's see, God will not be mocked. Right. And here you had a man who was mocking God. And God responded.
1: Yeah, this is one of those situations where you have a sense of, you have two almost competing emotions. You don't know whether to scream or cry. You just, you look at a leader like this and realize this was a real leader in the time of history for Judah. I mean, and we think our leaders are bad. You know, we might look at this politician or that leader who's enacting this law or that law, and we rightly cry for reprieve. Mm. But it always could be worse. And I'm not saying that we should be happy with the leaders that we have, but this reminds me, and Scripture calls us to do do often, and that's to pray for our leaders. Mm. We should be praying for those who are in offices and places of leadership and accountability. We should be praying for them. We should not take for granted any hints of God's grace in these people. Otherwise... Who knows? We say we haven't had anyone like Ahaz now, but that's not to say we'll never have someone like him ever.
0: Right. Well, and I, I think it's also important for us to remember God was, was offering Ahaz opportunities to repent this Man, whole time. So many times. In 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 Christian or unbeliever, if you're listening to this and you would say, well, I'm, I'm not a Christian, but I'm just curious about the Bible or, or wherever you may find yourself, pay attention to the discipline of God's hand in, in your life. Mm. He may be trying to bring you to that place of repentance. Christian, this may be a sanctification thing where he's trying to make you more like Jesus because of, of difficulties that he's bringing into your life or trials that he's bringing into your life. Listen, if you're out there listening to this just out of curiosity and you're not a believer, it, it may be that God is still right now today. Today is the day of salvation. There's still time for you, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've done. Yep. Even with everything that we just talked about that Ahaz had done, there was still an opportunity for him to repent because of Christ. right. It, it, when we look at our New Testament reading in John 17 today, we see a section that's called the high priestly prayer. And you may be thinking, well, what does that mean? Jesus doesn't talk about being our high priest. The writer of Hebrews calls him our high priest, but Jesus doesn't hear. But Jesus, again, is is right on the, the way to the cross. And, and as he's gathering with his 12, he's praying audibly for them to eavesdrop on this prayer to the father as he's preparing to really fully step into that role as the mediator between God and man Mm. he's going to the cross and he's going to satisfy the full wrath of God against our sins and he's he's foreshadowing this with what he's saying there and he's praying for his immediate followers he's praying for you and I when he says I'm not I'm not just praying for them but I'm praying for those that will follow after them love that and, uh, and it's just such an encouraging prayer for us. And that's the reason, because we have a great high priest, because we have a mediator who's died for our sins, that's the why, reason why no matter who you are listening to this or where you are, there's an opportunity right now for you to be saved through putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior.
1: Amen, brother. One of the things that I'd love to point out to you all is that Jesus prays for our unity. And he, he talks about this in a lot of different ways in this chapter. As he's interceding on our behalf to the Father, one of the things that he's concerned about is that we have a kind of relationship with one another that reflects his relationship with God the Father. So when you go to church or you're going to the Bible study, the prayer group, got to recognize that Jesus is praying for that interaction, that the kind of intimacy that we share with one another, that the care, concern, the love that the Father and the Son share, Jesus wants us to know that with one another as we know it with him this kind of triangular relationship. As we all get closer to him, he expects us also to get closer to one another. So recognize Jesus is praying for your unity. He's praying for our love and our ability to fulfill the one another's of the faith. What a cool, awesome thought that is for us all to consider.
0: One last note before we wrap for today's reading, and that's verse 17 of chapter 17. And that has to do a lot with what you're doing right now. Sanctify them, Jesus prays, in the truth. Your word is truth. Boom. What a great reminder for us that as we spend time in the DBR, as we spend time reading our Bibles— one of the main reasons why we do this is because it's the the main conduit that the Spirit uses to cause us to look more like Jesus, to cause us to be sanctified, is what it says in the text, which means that we would be made more holy. From the Greek uh, Greek word for 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 holiness there, um, and so that's that's the the point. That's our drive. That's why we emphasize being in the Word so much every single day.
1: Yeah, and in verse three, that the Word is going to do something for us. It's going to point us to the fact that knowing Him, knowing the only true God in Jesus Christ is what this life is about. That's eternal life. Mm. He came to bring us life through His Word to help us know Him. That's what it's all about. You were talking about this one of our last podcasts, knowing Him, being more like Him, and enjoying that kind of close communion through His Word.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for tuning in again. We count it a privilege that you tune in and listen to what we uh, have to say each and every day. We hope and pray yeah. that it's been a blessing and a benefit to you. Thanks for showing up, guys. We'll catch you next time. That'd be tomorrow. That's right.